morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Holman. Uh, and this week, recording for the week of August 6th, I've got my man, Rob Lawlisher, with Road 55. We're going to funnel off some headlines uh, and talk about some things that you need to be paying attention to in your business right now. Morning, Rob. Good morning, Dan. How are you, sir? Hey, kid. Couldn't be any better today. Good stuff. Good stuff. We got a lot of, uh, say, you know, it's middle of summer, but uh, now's the time to really be thinking about numbers. And we got a lot of great topics uh, around just that. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, Lightspeed's come out with uh, some new features. And I know you're all over that. And, and uh, historical data when it comes to your leasing, and more importantly, real-time data to negotiate a better lease. I know that's a big, big topic for a lot of people. Uh, this is one's interesting. It's it's about numbers. It's about speed, but actually kind of going a little bit the other way, and that's slow fashion. You know, upcycling and sustainability, uh, especially amongst millennials, and how to use that to your advantage. Uh, and as we said, a discussion around inventory. You know, the the infamous toilet paper shortage. Uh, no one wants to see that again. And uh, Dan, I'll talk a little bit about classifying uh, inventory. So yeah, lots, lots of good stuff on the numbers side. You know, obviously we want to be focused on the growing your number and uh, let's, let's get going on the first story. It comes to us from uh, retaildive.com and uh, you know, it, it talks about, like you say, just, you know, what shoppers want so much driven by speed. You know, everyone's thinking speed, 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 but this story actually talks about what retailers can do to, really break that demand for high-speed delivery. And, and, and it focuses around, the, the quote from the story says, you know, uh, an endless aisle of telling good stories, making a sustainability case for their delivery options, touting the advantage of their limited uh, or their curated assortment, and otherwise fostering, you know, really good relationships with customers. Uh, Dan, take us away. What do you think on this one? Well, I mean, this is really going to pick on, you know, the big A, um, and how the big A is maybe now more concerned about the independent. There are a few benefits that have come from this pandemic, and patience is one of those benefits that have come. Our customers have, in fact, slowed down. We've become less demanding. We are now allowing excuse to slow that process down, Uh, you know, excuse the deflection of blame onto something or someone I have no control or influence over COVID-19. It's become an excuse for why I've slowed things down, but this is actually a positive for our customer. They want us to curate products. This Amazon endless aisle of, of shit that's available today isn't what we want. We want a curated. I want something that you've chosen for me. You've swam through the plethora of garbage that's out there and selected the best products for me. And so convenience will always reign supreme. I want things to be easy, convenient. But speed is now taking a back seat to specialty, to curation. And the better you know me as the retailer, the more loyalty you will gain from me. Loyalty, loyalty is not something we can buy and sell. It is not driven by discounts in my store. It's driven by my connection to you and your connection to me as the consumer. How do you feel, um, 
so a lot of it really comes to the communication of that that the timing of it all is right. it before during uh, not after really but what what can the retailers do within that process to to help tell that story of that curation they have to continue to speak to their work in curating products in creating a scarcity model I don't have 25 of them. I have four of them. Right. And the examples that we're seeing today, we've started to see launches, product launches with the independent retailer. And there's a great number of really fabulous examples of retailers that are out doing weekly launches of product. And it's a curated assortment. It's available for a minute only. I have right. only this many. And so now it's no longer this widespread assortment. It's very narrow and in some cases not very deep. And so we're truly selling to extinction. And that's what we want our customer to know, that we're selling to extinction. This is not going to be here tomorrow. I love that. And so too. that message, yeah. sorry, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this idea that if I don't get it tonight at seven o'clock, I am going to miss out. We're creating FOMO in our independent stores, something that we've not had ever before. Again, you know, a positive benefit coming from the, the shift in consumer buying habits. Yeah. Um, you know, you made a great point of, of the big A with the, with the forever endless shelf that there's a, a zillion of these things and it doesn't get it when you want, but, but that, that limit, to, to availability and, and, you know, the curation part of it, the FOMO and, and, you know, from a marketing standpoint, using that limited availability and you'll get it when you get it, just be thankful that you got it. You got <laughs> in it. Many, right. many regards and how powerful that is and, and gives retailers, you know, everyone kind of struggles with what's my angle this week or for, for this coming right. video and to, well, make your angle the fact that you only have three of uh, uh, said widget and, and right. turned it into a, a huge positive. And I think that this is the power. I mean, let's go back a decade and a half and talk about the home shopping network, the counter on the window, four left, three left, two left. Oh my God, we've sold out of them. Honey, give me I'm the so phone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Get the phone, get the phone. What's the number. And yeah. this is what we've done at the independent level. You see, what consumers have recognized now, even the great A cannot deliver on time, right? Absolutely. The, the abominable, the, the, the master of all, you know, e-com is failing in the retailer, or pardon me, in the consumer's eyes on the fact that they cannot deliver speed, you know, deliver to your house tomorrow with Prime. Well, please accept our apologies for our delay. The demand is creating delay. It's not yeah. demand that's creating yeah. delay, right? It's the supply yeah. that creates the delay, the supply of the last mile of delivery, which we talked about last week, yeah, the totally. painful exercise of getting it into the consumer's hands. Yeah. We've had to slow that process down. And this uh, article just clearly identifies that, you know, the consumer is prepared for that and they want to see a slow process. You know, we didn't touch on upcycling, the power, you know, of not recycling, but upcycling and taking, you know, books is a great example. We resell books. We've been reselling books for decades. Barnes and Noble created a model on reselling, upselling, upcycling inventory. Yeah. And there's more and more of that coming out with, with apparel. You know, the swap stores are, I mean, swap retail is doing a fabulous job of that.
Well, it, it's, um, you know, we've talked many times before, if, if you want to take on the big A based on speed and, and price, you know, you're going to be in trouble down the road. And it's right. so cool to see these types of opportunities that, that retailers have to really, okay, this, this is how we're going to stand out and, and uh, in many ways, not part of the other guy's model. So, you know. Right. I, I guess you know this. I mean, here you are. Let's use a sports analogy. Let's use a hockey analogy. You come up against a team that's bigger, faster, that appears to be on the surface more skilled than you are. You develop a system to break down what they're doing, not pair what they're doing. Yep. Your job isn't to replicate their speed. Your job is to break them down, slow them down. And the independent retailer is now slowing retail down. They're changing this model. It's not the fastest guy that always wins the race. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that was great. No, I enjoyed that. And we'll have that link in, uh, in this week's newsletter if you want to uh, check out more of that. Our next story talks about uh, Lightspeed. Just launched uh, some new features to uh, help drive the digital transformation for, for small, medium-sized businesses out there. Uh, it talks about, you know, enhancing the omni-channel shopping experience, you know, enable greater multi-location efficiencies and offer opportunities for improved productivity. Um, Dan, you know this one well. Tell us more about it. Yeah, Dax and his team at Lightspeed, you know, have created uh, a, a small device now that's going to enable tap and curbside pickup, but it's also collecting analytics. And, and let's not mistake this technical advancement as being about curbside pickup and contactless payment options. Right. You know, this is about analytics. And the theme of what we, you know, what we need to talk about today is understanding my business at an analytical level, understanding how to break things down, understanding, you know, the analytics behind inventory, behind customer, behind sales performance. And this is another example of where Lightspeed in Canada is, is taking a step ahead of the other POS companies and, and coming up with devices that are, that are going to help you better analyze your business and deliver a better experience for that customer that wants curbside or wants contactless payments. Yeah. And again, well, that's all this is. It's a, it's a tap device yeah. that's, that's tracking the consumer payments. Can you share a bit more about the analytics? Like what, what kind of things? Can well, so not from necessarily not from, you know, the curbside pickup, but analytics in any advancement in technology, if it gives us the ability to break our business down into small palatable chunks, too many of us make the mistake of trying to manage our retail store, trying to manage that retail business rather than the 30 businesses that are within it. And every business unit that exists in a retail store can be broken down analytically with data, whether that is from the sales perspective, you know, that selling system that's in your store going through that customer you know, sales experience and breaking it down into chunks and analyzing, you know, what my conversion is and how to improve things like conversion or average sale or units per transaction to inventory analytics. How many days did I have it in stock? You know, what's my stock to sales requirement? What's my margin? What's my, what's my cash margin at an inventory, pardon me, at an item level or at a SKU level? Right, right. We've talked before now, like with that omni-channel experience, the, the, you got to bring surety to the customer that, okay, I know, I know where that we have that product <laughs> and whether you're selling it digitally right, we, or in person. Or, we can't make the mistake of allowing something to sell online 
um, or pardon me, allow something to sell in our store and still show up online and then not right, be able to fulfill right. the order. Nothing pisses a customer off, customer off more than not getting what they went through the onerous task of checking out, which again, you know, this article talks about that. You know, let's come up with a better way to check our, a faster way, an easier way, a more convenient way to check our customers out online and, and using things you know, like Apple and Google and Shop Pay makes it easier to check out. That process becomes, you know, more painless for the consumer. And I can tell you, more carts are abandoned at the checkout process than any other fashion. Right. Or than, for any other reason than the checkout is laborious. It's onerous. It's too much yeah. work. Well, it's good that that it's it's definitely becoming equalized. You know, compared to you know the big A we just talked about. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah their one clickability and, and that advantage is clearly going out, out the door for them. So, and I think you're going to see other companies, you know, other, other, you know, POS slash e-com companies step up and you're seeing that with Shopify. Now you're going to see it, you know, and th those abilities inside big and woo and, and Magento and everybody else that's trying to, you know, own or earn a piece yeah. of the e-com market right now. Yeah. They're going to figure out a way, you know, to one click and buy. And you're seeing it. A lot of programs now when you log on, you know, you're using a Facebook profile or a Google profile. You know, if you're using right. Google or Chrome, it knows who you are. And, and with one click can register you and all of your personal information. Yep. In our thumbprint we trust or in our face profile. <laughs> you know, right. everyone gets so tired yeah. of filling out their, their name repeatedly. And, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, our thumbprint yeah. is the only thing we have. We don't have face recognition. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. in this... Not in this region. Face recognition is gone. We got to walk around with a, a damn yeah. mask on. No, no, totally. Yeah. The t-shirt with the big face of you, picture of yourself on it. Uh, it's me. <laughs> this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, folks. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail mm. Solutions. Uh, remember, they're here to listen and help you with the retail solutions to make your store more successful. From the latest point of sale software to e-commerce solutions, Retail Pro, Heartland Retail, Lightspeed, Shopify, and more. Let them help you find your cutting-edge retail solution today. Uh, be sure to visit retailbycrs.com. Okay, our next story comes to us. Uh, WWD.com, uh, talking about, you know, it's it's a big topic right now. A lot of retailers looking to restructure their, their rent this fall. Uh, the story talks about using historical and, and definitely, more importantly, real-time uh, data to help negotiate a better lease. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Dan? Well, this is an age-old challenge that we have. We use historical data, you know, for negotiating. We use historical data, and this is not on landlords. This is not on, I mean, this is in every example in retail. We use last year's data to tell us, you know, what we need to do today. And it's, it's BS. That's not what we need. We don't need historical data, especially when it comes to rent. These, th these, are my, these are my beliefs in negotiating your lease today. I need to know what your last 90 days performance is. I need to know what that performance in brick and more, brick and mortar, pardon me, without the e-com presence or performance is. And your rent needs to be negotiated to be a percentage of the revenue. And we know high profit stores maintain rent, you know, as a percentage of, of revenue around 6%. That mid profit store, 
probably single digit profitability is going to live in that 10% neighborhood and our low profit upside down, you know, insolvent stores run 15 to 20% in rent expense. And if you use last year's sales performance, you know, to negotiate with your landlord, you're probably making a mistake. If you've transitioned or pivoted that, that word that we are using now, yep. Yep. another catchphrase I've pivoted, yep. Yep. you know, if you've pivoted your business to be partially online and you're seeing 30% of your revenue come from your e-com effort, the landlord's not getting a piece of that action. He shouldn't be. And you need to be able to segregate that data. Again, we're talking about data. Segregate that data to say, hey, this is how much I'm paying for rent. You know, I'm paying $10,000 a month and I'm driving $90,000 in, in monthly revenue. We've got a problem. Gotcha. And you've we, got to be negotiating with your landlord that rent must be a percentage of revenue. And I have this standing argument with retailers. Argument maybe isn't the best word, but the standing debate with retailers. Yeah. I'm going to end up paying more rent than I, you know, than my net or my base square footage would be. And I say, so what? In those down months, in that J month, you're going to pay less rent right. because your sales are down. We know that if we can convert expense to variable it increases our contribution margin. The more variable, the higher our variable expenses, the faster we hit break even. With and no, rent needs to be no variable. With no to that, Dan? Dude, that can go as... I, I, listen, if you can negotiate percentage rent and you're comfortable with that percentage and it's in that six to 10 window, you're amongst the high profit retail sector. Right. right. I don't care how much volume you do. Yeah. If, if it's that percentage of your brick and mortar sales you're in a healthy place. And again, you know, the faster we convert these fixed expenses to variable to be able to flow with my revenue line, the easier it is, the faster it is for me to achieve break even that point at which we don't lose money. So how do you, how do you see the uh, location wise, the A's, B's and C's affecting that, that variable rate? Well, I think, I think the intelligent retailer is combining occupancy and advertising. They're looking at those two numbers together. If I've got a C location, you know, I'm going to pay that really low rate for occupancy, but, or for my rent, yeah. but I'm going to double down on advertising to be able to drive traffic opportunities. Yeah, we talked if about I'm that in a mall. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and you've yeah. got to be thinking, you've got to be talking this way with your landlord. If, you know, if you're in a strip center, if you're in a mall and they're demanding, you know, double or triple digit rent per square foot, you've got to be talking to them about driving traffic. What are you doing to drive traffic into my location? Here's what my traffic was, yep. you know, pre-pandemic. Here's yep. what my traffic is post-pandemic. It has changed by X. Why isn't my rent changing? Yep. Well, I don't have control over that. You're damn right you have control over that. You own this center. You own the ability. You own driving traffic. You're accountable to drive traffic to this center, which is why they're all going out looking for these big anchor tenants. Yep. And and we talked a couple of weeks back too about about uh, the the mall being the landlord being, you know now even more responsible for driving traffic, but not just physically, like digitally too, that the, they haven't played a really big role digitally for, for right. many in the past. And, and uh, 
pushing them on that opportunity. And, and so here's me advocating to take my digital sales out of the equation. And this, you, you've just created the exception for us. If your landlord is driving digital traffic, right. then right. they do own a piece of that. But you can also, you know, you can also track that. There are analytics, here we go again, you yep. know, talking about data. There's analytics to tell me what my traffic sources are digitally. In one click, I know what my top referring site is. I know how people got to my site. And if that's connected to your landlord, then he's becoming the exception in today's, today's rule. Yeah. Right on. No, good stuff. I enjoyed that uh, conversation and won't go away. It's, it's known your numbers. And, and we've talked before about oh, sales are up, sales are down. But right. if they don't have that sense of what's causing that and if they're not tracking their traffic, you know, right. It makes for tough conversations down the road. You're, you're kind of going with only what they have to say and, and you don't have the data to support it. And if you hit your sales goal and don't know why, you are destined for failure. Yeah. Destined. You might want to celebrate. You might want to have that, you know, that 10 minute celebration that you hit your goal. But if you can't tell me the reason you hit your goal, you're destined for failure. Yeah. Our, uh, our next story, it's a blog post from uh, retailpro.com and, um, y you know, hit, hits us, pulls us in the heartstrings when it talks about the great toilet paper shortage of, of 2020. We may forget a few things down the road, but we won't forget the toilet paper uh, right. shortage. But uh, it, it talks about that knowledge of your inventory and, and that detailed visibility, giving your managers greater accuracy in tracking inventory, helping them. Uh, you know, really minimize those unprofitable overstocks, but more importantly, the, the opportunity cost of, of shortages and making sure they've got the inventory that, that they need. Uh, tell us a bit more about this, Dan. Well, I think, you know, and kudos to Retail Pro hammering on inventory. This, is, this, is, this is, needs to be the topic of focus, especially now as, you know, 80% of the retail world is entering into a buying phase. You've got to know what to buy and when to land it. And understanding your inventory at a micro level is critical. Now, when I say micro level, I mean at a classification and then at a vendor and then at a SKU level or style level. You have to be able to break down that performance. And, you know, Retail Pro is speaking to that. I mean, they're, they're alluding to the fact that there's some way to count missed sales and there just really is no way to count a missed opportunity. I can't quantify missed sales. I don't know what I don't know. And, and by better analyzing inventory, I now have the opportunity or the ability to maximize opportunity. You know, I know exactly what I need to have. And if I'm looking at this short-term trend in my inventory, I know where to steer dollars. In retail, I have to have it to sell it. You know, and, and retailers today that are driving their inventory value with sales are again destined for some level of failure. You must drive sales with inventory, not the other way around. And, and by breaking down inventory, by being an astute inventory manager, I can now shift you know, the direction of my sales at the classification 
level. This is a great segue, you know, yeah, into the totally. wealthy retailer 12 steps. You know, you've got to be able to classify inventory. You need to take your business as a whole and break it down into small palatable chunks, chunks that measure demand, that measure her vote, yes or no, at the class level. I want to classify inventory on this, on, on, on this, a similar selling curve, you know, t-shirts sell on a similar curve. All t-shirts belong in a classification. And by managing it at the class level versus the vendor level, it eliminates duplication in my store. I know that my demand is $10,000 for t-shirts. Now that that's the science, you know, understanding what I need in t-shirts, the art is what t-shirts to buy and using you know marrying your point of sale your retail pro platform and your your merchandising and your buying strategy together allows art and science to blend and drive performance in your business understanding what inventory to land and when having the right inventory in the right class at the right time drives sales no one ever walks in your store and says show me something from last year it doesn't happen you know, there are exceptions, but as a rule, especially in fashion, I don't want to see last year. And in most sports stores, I don't want to see last year. Right, right. You know, there's a rare exception where I want to buy last year's golf driver, last year's hockey stick, but it's a rarity. Yeah. I, want the, I want the latest technology. I, I love the observation of art and science. And, and uh, in your world, Dan, you're, you're working with retailers all across the country all day long. I'm sure you see many of them where their, their strength is more on the, on the science, you know, the math side. And then there's some that their strength is the art and right. then some that manage to, to have one foot in each canoe. What, right. what do you see often? Like where, where do you see most of the strengths from independent retailers? Independent retail, the strength is in the art, you know, for sure. The, the, yeah. I mean, on this teeter totter, you know, we fall to the bottom with the art you know, science is waving around up in the air and that's why they need, they need a scientist in their business. You know, we've often referred to ourselves as retail scientists. You know, we break down inventory to a micro level to better predict where business is going and we're using technology. I mean, let's, uh, Management One has some of the most sophisticated or has the most sophisticated, you know, merchandise planning tool available to the independent retailer today. It's, it's what the Nikes of the world have been doing forever. It's why they've dominated. They have the ability to break down their business into micro levels. Well, you know, our, our, friends, our partners at Management One are bringing that to the independent, have for 30 years. This is not something right. new. Right. You know, for 30, more than 30 years, they've brought this intelligence to the independent retailer to give them a fighting chance. Well, it's more important today than it's ever been. And, you know, retailers, I'll tell you this, this has been my experience. Retailers that are really good at the science really suck at buying. They don't get it. They don't have that ability for trend. They're black and white. They don't live in the gray. Right. And my job is to live in the black and white. My job is to be super objective. Your job as a retailer is to be very artful, very creative to overbuy. Your job is to overbuy. Your job is to be overzealous. And my job is to rein you in with science and data. And when we marry that art and science, it becomes this beautiful picture of profitability. And let's not forget that this is all about cash profit. 
right? The black and white scientist is trying to buy it for a dollar and sell it for 10. It doesn't work. You need art. Yeah. You've got to recognize that, no, 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 I'm going to spend a little bit more to follow or, in fact, to lead this trend with my early adoption consumer. And that's all about, you know, art and risk and marrying art and science, you know, allows us to mitigate risk. That's great. No, I love that, Dan. Um, again, we'll have that, uh, we'll have that story link in, in this week's newsletter. Uh, we're also going to have a few other stories that, that, didn't quite make the cut for talking about, but still worth uh, checking out. So Shopify, they had their Q2 results come out. And as you could guess, they were pretty massive. They're, they're experiencing some, some huge growth, you know, a little bit about what, what needs to happen to keep sustaining that growth. There's a, there's a neat uh, story from uh, green, I can't even say this private green entrepreneur.com uh, cannabis based talking about education opportunities for students or for retailers. Well, make them your students. And yep. I think you can make them a customer for life. Um, uh, a story about, uh, you know, the, these uh, shared workspaces, incubators, uh, we're seeing them develop at malls now, you know, picking up space. So, uh, take take a peek at that story and and a few more things, lots of great stuff to check out in uh, in this week's newsletter, folks. Be sure to head to retailbycrs.com if you haven't done so. Sign up for the newsletter, and uh, yeah, it was a good one, Dan. What do you think? And I'll tell you, yeah, this was. I mean, this is you know, this fits right into my you know my love for blah blah blah. You know, I can blah, blah, blah. this just falls out. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I you know, I there was two articles that I really did want and not want. I was torn. The Shopify one, I was torn. I don't want to give them any praise right now. You know, yes, they've got massive growth, and if you're a shareholder or a stockholder, you know, you love what's going on. If you're the consumer, or pardon me, the retailer, you're really pissed off with these guys. You know, they've got to get their they've got to get their shit together. They're not supporting the customer, the, the, the retailer, their customer, the way they need to. They're very difficult to get a hold of. And the other thing I really wanted to talk about, and I, I've been sort of shying away from the green talk, um, my favorite cannabis store, the reason I love you know, Rocky Mountain Roots here in St. Albert is because every time I walk in, I learn something. This is, yeah. this is so much about them connecting with their customer. These guys, you know, these, these, these guys have done such a fabulous job of curating product from a limited supply in Alberta. You know, they've got a limited selection, yeah. but what they do, what they have curated, they know, and their sales success comes from their product knowledge. And that product knowledge has passed on to me, the consumer as education. So, I mean, I, doesn't, this, doesn't matter what guys, you sell, like look for that opportunity in your oh, business. Oh man. Man, if our retailers were that passionate about t-shirts, if they're, if our retailers were as passionate about t-shirts as Matt is about cannabis, you know, there's no stopping us. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, yep. great topics. And if you want, if you want to hear more, um, you know, high opinionated conversation about the topics from today or the topics, you know, that we didn't talk about hit the wealthy retailer.com or retailbycrs.com. Absolutely subscribe to our newsletter and join um, or follow on, on your favorite podcast platform, the wealthy retailer.com subscribe, comment, hit us up. And uh, we've got lots more that we can talk about in this, in this vein. 
Yeah, every week there's there's never a shortage of headlines. <laughs> never, never, and, never, and never. It's, it's always dynamic and, and just love the conversation. Folks, thanks for joining us this week on the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. At their core, they believe in having real and relevant relationships, offering solution-based sales and services, maintaining a client-centered bottom line focus, and providing credible and complete care. As Dan said, you you know, he wants you to be the artist and they're the mad scientists that, that will reel you in with black and white data and help you because, uh, <laughs> you know, they exist to make you uh, the retailer better. Have better, a great healthier. Day, everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good on you. Keep fighting the good fight. Awesome.